Welcome to the book reading program of 3ABN Australia Radio. Does your faith need a boost? Do you think that miracles only happened in Bible times? Think again. Compiled by Remnant Publications, the book Get Ready for a Miracle recounts true stories that prove that when we step out in faith, God displays His power in undeniable ways. Here is our reader, Koval Smith. This story is entitled, Poisoned. Acts chapter 28, verses 8 and 9 says, It happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. So, when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Afternoon shadows crept across the page as I was reading on my front porch. Thousands of feet above me, thunderheads were blazing with a Friday's setting sun. Where I sat, though, surrounded by mountains, dusk was already falling. Half an hour before, I had opened my medical book to look up an antibiotic dosage for a child with a respiratory infection. The book fell open to the section on poisoning and on an impulse I began to read. I did not typically study my medical book on Friday evenings, but somehow today it seemed like the thing to do. Finally, having exhausted the subject and with night coming on quickly, I calculated the antibiotic dosage and headed out to the village. A few minutes later, Ramon came into the house where I was visiting with a friend. John, do you have any sugar? he asked. My son Deepy has been poisoned. The main staple of the Alangan diet is a poisonous tuber called Nami. It takes about three days of fermentation and rinsing to extract the poison and render the root edible. Every once in a while, someone is just too hungry to wait and they pay the price in dizziness, vomiting and a terrible headache. The traditional antidote for Nami poison is sugar. Thankfully, no one in remembered history has died from eating under-processed Nami, so I wasn't too worried when Ramon asked for sugar. After getting him some, I headed back to my friend's house. Ten minutes later, Ramon showed up again. Earlier in the day, Deepy had played basketball in the lowlands with a few of the boys who lived in this house. Ramon sat the boys down and interrogated them about what they had eaten that might have poisoned Deepy. I finally came to my senses and realised this was more than a simple case of Nami poisoning. I asked Ramon and he confirmed that Deepy was pretty bad off. I grabbed my medical book and a few drugs and took off running for Ramon's house. Cooking fire smoke stung my eyes as I climbed into the little house. A single tin can lamp hung from the rafters, dimly illuminating the chaos below. Half the village was crammed into the house. Fifty or so of the boldest were close around the rope hammock Dippy was lying in, offering advice and massaging his limbs. 
Someone was trying to force dampened sugar into his mouth and a dish of charcoal water sat under his hammock. As I got closer, I could see that Deepy's eyes were mostly closed and black charcoal drool was running down his chin. I immediately checked his ABCs, airway, breathing and circulation. As soon as I was certain he was stable for the moment, I asked to pray. Father, I begged, please spare Deepy's life. Please remember his father's faithful service to you and don't let him lose his son now. Please give us the wisdom to treat DP. You alone understand all that is going on here. So we ask these things according to your will and in Jesus' name. I continued to assess DP. He was unconscious. His pulse and respirations were slow. His eyes were rolled back in his head and his pupils were fully dilated and unresponsive to light. There was no fever, muscle spasm, stiffness or any other obvious clue as to the cause of his condition. Onset of symptoms had been sudden. He had asked for water and when his brother brought him a jug, his hand had shaken violently as he reached for it. Unable to take a drink, he had fallen back into the hammock, unresponsive. My book recommended taking a case like this to a hospital right away. But I couldn't find Raman. He had disappeared as soon as I had left for his house. And I knew no one would let me take Deepy out without his approval. Besides, Deepy likely would not live long enough to get to the hospital on the far end of the island. We would have to do what we could for him here in the village. Short on ideas, I tried to convince the people surrounding Deepy to give him more charcoal along with the sugar. I knew it was not a good idea to give anything orally to an unconscious person, but there was no way on earth I would be able to convince the villagers to stop. Anyway, he was automatically spitting everything back out. His pulse was slowly weakening and soon I was having a hard time finding it. Deepy was almost dead. I learned later that Ramon, knowing there was nothing more he could do for his son, had made his way to the church, fallen on his knees and begged God to preserve Deepy's life. Father, he prayed, please save my son. I give him to you. Even if it is not your will to heal Deepy, I surrender him to you. Please accept him into your kingdom. Please, Father, may I see him again in the resurrection. As Ramon prayed this prayer, I sat alone in the back of the house. Aside from a miracle, it was just a matter of time. With nothing else left to do, I decided to reread the poison section in my medical book. The house was noisy, my mind was racing, and I was having difficulty focusing. But since I had just read this section carefully an hour or so before, I realised that the book described only one poison that remotely resembled Deepy's symptoms. The book said that, short of taking him to an advanced hospital, which doesn't exist on our island, the only thing that might help 
with this type of poison was spraying a bit of insecticide on a cloth and holding it under the patient's nose for him to breathe. Apparently, many insecticides contain compounds similar to the antidote for this particular poison. I had never heard of such a crazy treatment and I was afraid the villagers would run me out of town if I tried it. But anything was worth a shot. I found a man who had a bit of insecticide powder for his crops. I sprinkled some on a dampened piece of fabric and held it up to Deepy's nose. After about two minutes, Deepy took a long, rasping breath. It didn't sound like a good sign, so I took the insecticide away from his nose and sat down again. Oh, well, I thought it was worth a try. Deepy, Deepy, can you hear me? The words broke through my thoughts. It had been about a minute since I had tried the insecticide. I jumped up and ran to the hammock. There was no obvious sign of improvement, but when I shined the light into Deepy's eyes, his pupils immediately contracted down to almost normal size. Within five minutes, he began to move his limbs and swallow. With prayers of thanksgiving, we made our way home, wondering at the strange and wonderful ways God sometimes chooses to work. The next morning, Deepy's mental function was still a little slow and he was extremely weak, but he was improving. When I saw him again a few days later, he was completely back to normal. Criminals often use the particular poison Deepy likely ingested. This is our best guess about what happened. Deepy is a talented basketball player, and earlier that afternoon he had been playing in the lowlands. Between games, when Deepy went off to buy snacks, a jealous opponent must have slipped the poison into his drink. Praise God for Ramon's prayer of surrender from a father's heart. Praise God for nudging me to read up on poisoning ahead of time and for guiding me to the strangest of antidotes. A reflection associated with this story comes from Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing, page 105. The infinite God, said Jesus, makes it your privilege to approach him by the name of Father. Understand all that this implies. No earthly parent ever pleaded so earnestly with an erring child as he who made you pleads with the transgressor. No human loving interest ever followed the impenitent with such tender invitations. God dwells in every abode. He hears every word that is spoken, listens to every prayer that is offered, tastes the sorrows and disappointments of every soul, regards the treatment that is given to father, mother, sister, friend and neighbour. He cares for our necessities and his love and mercy and grace are continually flowing to satisfy our need. Poisoned was written by John Holbrook of Adventist Frontier Missions, used by permission of Adventist Frontier Missions. Adventist Frontier Missions seeks to establish indigenous Seventh-day Adventist church planting movements with unreached people groups.
You can visit afmonline.org for more information. You've been listening to the book reading program by 3ABN Australia Radio, featuring Get Ready for a Miracle. For more information about this book, visit remnantpublications.com. Thank you.